ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد Carrying on then with the topics that we've been doing regarding the adhkar. We spoke about the virtues of dhikr. We talked about the different types of dhikr. We've now been talking about the Qur'an. The Qur'an, no doubt, is a form of dhikr. It is a form of remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Reading the Qur'an, pondering over it understanding it, memorizing it. So we've been talking about the Qur'an and today then, the chapter that we're on, Fadlu Ayatil Kursi wa Suratil Ikhlas wa Suwar Ukhra. The virtue of Ayatul Kursi and Suratul Ikhlas and other chapters we mentioned before that the Quran it differs it differs in its virtues the different ayat the different chapters so here we're going to talk about ayatul kursi that one particular ayah and suratul ikhlas that particular surah and some others after that so here the sheikh sheikh abd razzaq he mentions nuwasilu al hadith an tafdil ba'd suwar al quran wa ayati haythu sabaqa tanawul shay'in mimma warada fi fadl surat al fatiha allati hiya afdal suwar al quran wa a'dhamha ala al itlaq he said, we're now going to carry on talking about the different virtues of chapters and ayat of the Qur'an and how some of them are more than others. And we've already previously spoken about Surah, Surah Al-Fatiha. We already previously spoke about Surah Al-Fatiha and that it is the greatest Surah of the Quran, the greatest of them all. وَقَدْ صَحَّ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَنَّ أَفْضَلَ آيَةٍ فِي الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ هِيَّ آيَةُ الْكُرْسِ It is also established authentically from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم that the greatest or the best ayah in the Qur'an is Ayatul Kursi. ففي صحيح مسلم من حديث أبي بن كعب رضي الله عنه قال In صحيح مسلم from the hadith of Ubay ibn Ka'ab رضي الله عنه he said قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا أبا المنذر أتدري أي آية من كتاب الله معك أعظم 
that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, O oh, Abu al-Mandir, do you know which ayah from the book of Allah with you is the best? Qal, qultu Allahu wa rasooluhu a'lam. He said Allah and his messenger know best. Qal, ya Abu al-Mandir, atadri ayyu ayatim min kitabillahi ma'aka a'lam? So the Prophet ﷺ repeated the question to him. And then he said, Qultu Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyu al-qayyum. Qal, fadaraba fi sadri wa qal, Wallahi layahnika al-ilmu abal mundhir. Ay, liyakun al-ilmu hani'an lak. So then he replied, that it is Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyu al-qayyum. And so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tapped his chest and said to him that may knowledge be easy upon you. وَهَذِهِ الْآيَةِ الْكَرِيمَةِ إِنَّمَا كَانَتْ فِي هَذِهِ الْمَنْزِلَةِ لِعِظَمِ مَا دَلَّتْ عَلَيْهِ مِنْ تَوْحِيدِ اللَّهِ وَتَمْجِيدِهِ وَحُسْنِ الثَّنَاءِ عَلَيْهِ This particular ayah Ayatul Kursi The reason why It has a high status The reason why it has such virtue Is because of the meanings of Tawheed And praise of Allah that it incorporates It has within it Great meanings and praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as a consequence of those meanings of tawheed and praise upon Allah it is or it has that great status and it mentions the attributes of might and majesty of Allah the attributes of the perfection of Allah فَتَضَمَّنَتْ مِنْ أَسْمَاءِ اللَّهِ خَمْسَةَ أَسْمَاءِ Ayatul Kursi has five of the names of Allah in it. وَتَضَمَّنَتْ مِنَ الصِّفَاتِ مَا يَزِيدُ عَلَى الْعِشْرِينَ صِفَةِ And it has over 20 attributes of Allah mentioned in it. فَهِيَ قَدْ اشْتَمَلَتْ مِنْ ذَلِكَ على ما لم تشتمل عليه آية أخرى في القرآن. so آية الكرسي it has within it five of the names of Allah, more than twenty of the attributes of Allah, and that is more than any other آيه in the Quran. so that indicates to you one of the reasons behind the great virtue of آية الكرسي. It has this great virtue because of how many of the names and attributes of Allah it incorporates, because of the meanings of Tawheed that come in that. Qala Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, وَلَيْسَ فِي الْقُرْآنِ آيَةٌ وَاحِدَةٌ تَضَمَّنَتْ مَا تَضَمَّنَتُ آيَةُ الْكُرْسِ there is not a single ayah in the Qur'an 
which incorporates that which Ayatul Kursi incorporates. وَإِنَّمَا ذَكَرَ اللَّهُ فِي أَوَّلِ سُورَةِ الْحَدِيدِ وَآخِرِ سُورَةِ الْحَشَرِ عِدَّةِ آيَاتِ لَا آيَةِ وَاحِدًا There are examples from other chapters of the Qur'an where several ayat put together incorporate these same types of meanings but there is no other single ayah in the Qur'an which alone incorporates all of these meanings. Ayatul Kursi is the only one as a single ayah that has all of those names and attributes in it. In some of these other surahs, Surah Al-Hadid, etc., you have several ayat as a combination which also have these names and attributes generally, but there is no other example of a single ayah doing all of that. So Ayatul Kursi is unique in that way. وَلِهَذَا انتهى كلامه وَلِهَذَا كَانَ مِنْ فَضْلِ هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ الْكَرِيمَةِ أَنَّ مَنْ قَرَأَهَا فِي لَيْلَةِ لَمْ يَزَلْ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ اللَّهِ مِنَ اللَّهِ حَافِظٌ وَلَا يَقْرَبُهُ يَقْرَبُهُ شَيْطَانٌ حَتَّى يُصْبِحَ وَهُوَ فِي صَحِيحِ الْبُخَارِي مِنْ حَدِيثِ أَبِي هُرَيْرَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ فِي سِيَاقٍ طَوِيلٍ and due to this great virtue of Ayatul Kursi, due to this great virtue of Ayatul Kursi, a person who reads Ayatul Kursi before sleeping, then no shaitan will come close to that person until he awakens. Allah will place a guardian upon that person until he awakens, until he arises. And that is in the hadith of Abu Huraira in Sahih al-Bukhari. وَمِنْ فَضْلِهَا مَا ثَبَتَ فِي سُنَنِ النَّسَائِ وَغَيْرِهِ مِنْ حَدِيثِ أَبِي أُمَامَةِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَنَّهُ قَالَ مَنْ قَرَأَ آيَةَ الْكُرْسِ فِي دُبْرِ كُلِّ صَلَاةٍ مَكْتُوبَةٍ لَمْ يَمْنَعْهُ مِنْ دُخُولِ الْجَنَّةِ إِلَّا أَنْ يَمُوتِ In this narration it mentions hadith of Abu Umamah رضي الله عنه that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said Whoever reads آيَةُ الْكُرْسِ at the end of each of the obligatory prayers, the five prayers of the day, when you finish and give the salam, after the salam, to recite ayatul kursi, if a person did that at the end of every obligatory prayer during the day, then the narration mentions nothing is, nothing is standing between you and paradise other than death. That the only thing stopping you from going into paradise is death. Meaning you haven't died yet. But when you die, that's it. Your entrance to paradise is there. يَعْنِي لَمْ يَكُنْ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ دُخُولِ الْجَنَّةِ إِلَّا الْمَوْتِ قَالَ ابْنُ الْقَيِّمْ رَحِيمَهُ اللَّهِ بَلَغَنِي عَنْ شَيْخِنَا أَبِ الْعَبَّاسِ بْنِ تَيْمِيَ قَدَّسَ اللَّهُ رُوحَ أَنَّهُ قَالْ مَا تَرَكْتُهَا عَقِيبَ Ibn al-Qayyim mentioned that it has come to me, I have become aware that our Shaykh 
Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he said that I never left reciting Ayatul Kursi at the ends of the prayers. Ibn Taymiyyah always used to recite Ayatul Kursi at the end of the obligatory prayers. وَقَدْ صَحَّ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صلى الله عليه وسلم تَفْضِيلْ سُورَةَ الْإِخْلَاصِ So that was regarding Ayatul Kursi. Then we also know that Suratul Ikhlas, Qul Huwa Allahu Ahad, is mentioned as having that great virtue also. One of the great virtues is the virtue of Suratul Ikhlas and its preference and superiority. وَأَنَّهَا تَعْدِلُ ثُلُثَ الْقُرْآنِ And that Suratul Ikhlas, it is equivalent to a third of the Qur'an. That it is equivalent to a third of the Qur'an. How is it equivalent to a third of the Qur'an? It's virtues, but how? If you read Surah Al-Ikhlas, does that mean you've got the same reward uh, somebody who's just read 10 juz of the Quran. How does it work? What does it mean that Surah Al-Ikhlas is equivalent to a third of the Quran? So, the uh, not Aqsam al-Tawheed, but what it means is the Quran, all of the Quran, generally, generally, there are three topics. Scholars, they sometimes they explain like this, that the Qur'an generally is three topics. Some of the ayat of the Qur'an, they talk about tawheed. Some of the ayat of the Qur'an, they talk about halal and haram, the ahkam. And some of the ayat, they talk about like the qasas al-anbiya and things like this. So Qur'an, you can say it's three general topics, all the ayat. Whenever you read an ayah of the Qur'an, it will be something to do with Tawheed or it will be something to do with the, the rulings, the Halal, the Haram and the Fiqh and those types of things. Or it will be something to do with the stories of the prophets and nations of the past. Three overall general topics of the Quran. Surah Al-Ikhlas, it is purely upon the topic of Tawheed. Therefore that as a surah is equivalent to the topics of the Quran in one third it is equivalent to the topics of the Qur'an in a third. That's what some of the scholars say. It is Qur'an. It is equivalent to a third of the Qur'an because it incorporates a third of the meanings of the Qur'an. A third of the meanings of the Qur'an are upon the issues of Tawheed. In reality, the whole of the Qur'an is upon Tawheed, as Ibn Al-Qayyim mentioned. But if you're looking at the exact ayat and the words and the names and attributes, you could say a third are purely upon discussion of Tawheed. Al-Ikhlas, Surah Al-Ikhlas is purely upon Tawheed. It therefore incorporates a third of the meanings of the Quran. That is what some of the scholars have mentioned regarding <coughs> Surah Al-Ikhlas being equivalent to a third of the Quran. ففي البخاري من حديث بسعيد الخدري رضي الله عنه أن رجلا 
Sami'a rajulan yaqra' Qul huwa Allahu ahad Yurediduha Falamma asbaha Jaa ila rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Fadhakara thalika lahu Wa ka'anna rajul yatakalluha Faqala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Waladhi nafsi biyadihi Innaha lata'adilu thuluth al-Quran That there was a man Who heard another man Reading Qul huwa Allahu ahad Allah Samad Lam Yalid Walam Yulad, the full surah, and kept reading it again and again and again, repeating it, repeating it. So this man, he heard somebody doing that, continuously just repeating and reading Surah Al-Ikhlas. The man, it's as though he belittled that. That how come he's just reading Ayatul uh, Surah Al-Ikhlas again and again? Is there really that much virtue in it? So he came to the Prophet Sallallahu and he told him this. That this man, all he was doing was repeating and reciting Surah Al-Ikhlas. Reading again and again. As if to say, is that really virtuous to do that? So the Prophet said to him, that by the one whom my soul is in his hand, indeed it is equivalent. It is equivalent to a third of the Quran. Indicating to him that it certainly has a great virtue. وروى البخاري عن ابي سعيد رضي الله عنه قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لاصحابه on one occasion the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said to his companions ايعجز احدكم ان يقرا ثلث القران في ليله are any of you incapable of reading a third of the quran in one night he said to them, are you incapable of reading the Qur'an, a third of the Qur'an in a night, ten juz, that would be normally. فَشَقَّ ذَلِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَقَالُوا أَيُّنَا يُطِيقُ ذَلِكَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ That was something which they thought would be a burden, ten juz a night, which is the a third of the Qur'an. They said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, who from amongst us can do that? Every night recite ten juz. فَقَالْ so then he told them that this surah, etc. This surah, it is equivalent to a third of the Quran. Scholars have mentioned many explanations regarding how or what the meaning of it being equal to a third of the Qur'an is. وَأَحْسَنُهَا كَمَا يَذْكُرُ شَيْخُ الْإِسْلَامِ ibn Taymiyyah رَحِمَهُ The best of them is the answer that Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah gave. He said, the Quran, it was revealed upon three categories generally, three topics. A third of it is on the rulings, the fiqh, the halal, the haram. A third of it is about the, the promises and the threats. The promises of paradise for the people of tawheed and salvation and the threats and the punishment for the people of disobedience, etc. وَثُلُثٌ مِنْهَا الْأَسْمَاءُ وَالصِّفَاتِ 
And a third of it is names and attributes. Upon that categorization, Surah Al-Ikhlas is purely upon the Tawheed, the names and attributes of Allah. وَهَذِهِ السُّورَةِ جَمَعَتْ الْأَسْمَاءُ وَالصِّفَاتِ Therefore it is equivalent to a third of the topics of the Qur'an. The topic of Tawheed, the topics of the names and attributes. Shaykh al-Islam also said, قَالَ Shaykh al-Islam وَإِذَا كَانَتْ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٍ تَعْدِلُ ثُلُثَ الْقُرْآنِ if Qul Huwa Allahu Ahad is equivalent to a third of the Qur'an, لَمْ يَلْزَمْ مِنْ ذَلِكَ أَنَّهَا أَفْضَلُ مِنَ الْفَاتِحَةِ That doesn't necessitate that it is better than Al-Fatiha. وَلَا أَنَّهَا يُكْتَفَى بِتِلَاوَتِهَا ثَلَاثْ مَرَّاتِ عَنْ تِلَاوَةِ الْقُرْآنِ Neither does it mean that you can just recite Qul Huwa Allahu Ahad three times and think, I've done the equivalent of reciting the whole Quran. You can't think that way, he says. بَلْ قَدْ كَرِهَ السَّلَفَ تُقْرَأْ إِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنُ كُلُّهُ إِلَّا مَرَّ وَاحِدًا كَمَا كُتِبَتْ فِي الْمُصْحَفِ And some of the Salaf, they used to dislike, uh, or they used to view it as impermissible, to recite it more than the once. When you're reciting the Quran, Surah Al-Ikhlas comes how many times? Once, to recite it only the once, and not to recite it three times and think that I've now recited the equivalent of somebody sat there reciting 30 juz. That is different. فَإِنَّ الْقُرْآنَ يُقْرَأْ كَمَا كُتِبَ فِي الْمُصْحَفِ لَا يُزَادُ عَلَى ذَلِكَ وَلَا يُنْقَصُ مِنْهُ The Qur'an is to be recited as it is. You don't get to Surah Al-Ikhlas and repeat it three times, thinking now I've tripled my reward equivalent to the whole Qur'an, etc. You don't do that. Read it once as it is there in the Mus'haf once. وَلَكِنْ إِذَا قُرِئَتْ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ مُفْرَدًا تُقْرَأُ ثَلَاثْ مَرَّاتٌ وَأَكْثَرٌ مِنْ ذَلِكَ But if you're just reciting قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ by itself, you're not reading the Qur'an, then you can repeat it. Then you can repeat it and recite it multiple times. But if you're reading the Qur'an and you come up to it, you only read it once and carry on. Then you don't stop and start reciting it several times thinking this is the extra reward. وَمَنْ قَرَأَهَا فَلَهُ مِنَ الْأَجْرِ مَا يَعْجِلُ ثُلُثَ الْقُرْآنِ لَكِنْ عَدْلَ الشَّيْءَ يَكُونُ مِنْ غَيْرِ جِنْسِهِ So a person who reads it, then he has what equates to a third of the Qur'an reward. But that doesn't necessitate it's identical. So you can't think to yourself reciting Surah Al-Ikhlas is equal and exactly the same reward as somebody who's just sat there and recited Ten juz. It's a different type. It's a different type of reward. You can't balance it like that. You can't say somebody who sat there and recited ten juz of the Quran, I've just recited Qul Huwallahu Ahad, we're exactly the same. It's a different type of balance. But it has that third of the reward which is mentioned. وَجُمْلَ مِنْهَا لَا تَخْلُو مِنْ ضَعْفِ بَلْ إِنَّ فِيهَا مَا هُوَ كَذِبْ عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ سَأَسَلَّمُ وَلِهَذَا فَإِنَّهُ يَتَأَكَّدْ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمْ تَحَرِّ مَعْرِفَةِ الصَّحِيحِ مِنْ ذَلِكِ فِي ذَلِكِ بِسُؤَالِ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ وَمُدَارَسَةِ أَهْلِ الْإِخْتِصَاصِ There are many ahadith. There are many ahadith 
there are many ahadith that talk about the virtues of the Quran. And they talk about the virtues of the different chapters and the different ayat and surah of the Quran. However, the Shaykh says you have to be careful because there are actually a lot of them that are weak. And some of them are even fabricated. When it comes to this type of issue of the virtues of the Quran, the virtues of this surah, of that surah, there are actually many weak narrations in that field. And there are some even fabricated narrations in that field. And you remember that story, the scholars, they quote, true story of a hadith that was being narrated from the early times about the virtues of the Qur'an. There was a hadith being narrated that whoever recites this surah, that surah, gets this much reward and that much reward and paradise. There was a hadith going around centuries ago in the early times near the times of the salaf so this one narrator came across this hadith where it was saying the virtues of the quran you'll get this reward that reward if you recite this surah paradise etc and this narrator had never heard this hadith before so when this narration he came across it he checked the chain of narration and he went to the first person they were alive those people in the chain of narration so he went to the first person and he said to him, this hadith that you narrated, who did you get it from? Who was that person, the narrator, that you got it from? He told him it's from such and such a person, he lives in Iraq, for example. So this person investigating went all the way to Iraq, went to that narrator. Said to him, this hadith about the Quran and the virtues of the Quran, etc., who did you hear it from? He says, I heard it from somebody in... Uh, Sham in some other area in Palestine or something. So then he goes all the way there to that narrator. Says to him, who did you hear this hadith from about the virtues of the Quran, etc. I'm investigating the chain of narration, etc. He tells him it was somebody in whatever other location, Medina. He goes all the way to him. He tells him somebody in Baghdad. He goes all the way to him. When he gets to that near the top of the chain, to that last person, I think he was in Baghdad, he says to him, so this hadith, where did you get it from? I've never heard it. Which companion? Who? How? That narrator, who wasn't a companion, of course. He was from the later people. He says, to be honest, I never actually heard it from any of the companions. And I never actually heard it from the Prophet ﷺ or anything. This narration, I actually just made it up. So this man who's been investigating went through all of the chain of narration, got near the top, and one of the top ones there says to him, to be honest, I never heard it from anybody. I made it up myself. That if you read the Quran, you'll get this much reward. And if you read this surah, you'll get this much reward. Read that chapter, you'll get this much reward. Read this, you'll get paradise. He said, I made this up myself. It's not even a hadith, to be honest. And then he explained and justified to him, or tried to justify why he did it. He said, here where we live, people had become very slack in reciting the Qur'an. People were not giving any importance to reciting the Qur'an. They were negligent of the Qur'an. Nobody was touching the Qur'an. So I needed to push them and encourage them to read the Qur'an. So I decided to make up this hadith. I narrated this to them as though it's a hadith. Telling them that the Prophet ﷺ said, if you recite this much, you'll get this reward, and that much, you'll get that reward. 
So that when they hear this, it might be an encouragement for them. Okay, let's read a bit then. So he said, my intent was just to encourage them to read the Quran. To try and encourage them to read the Quran. So I made up this narration about the virtues of the Quran. Fabricated the narration, a lie, to encourage them to read the Quran. Of course, the scholars, they said it is haram to do that. Impermissible to do that. Because you don't need to anyway. Are there not enough narrations in the authentic sunnah about the virtues of the Quran? And how the Quran will come and intercede for the people who learn it and memorize it on the day of judgment? How the Quran, it will give you that great reward. Or rather Allah will give you the reward upon it. In reciting the letters of the Quran. Alif, Lam, Mim, every letter, ten rewards. There are many narrations in the authentic sunnah. You do not need to make up narrations. So it is impermissible to do that. They always mention as well many other examples. In fact, some scholars even wrote full books of hadith and they only compiled all of the fabricated hadith in order to show people, look, use my book as a, uh, as a, as a resource. You can check in here. If you find any hadith in here, you know it's a fabricated hadith. You have the famous books, Kitab al-Mawdu'at and things like that. The book of the fabricated hadith. So the scholars <coughs> did that. So that people would have these encyclopedias and they could check if these narrations are fabricated or not. They have the famous example they mention of Ahmed ibn Hanbal and Yahya ibn Ma'in. They say on one occasion, Ahmed ibn Hanbal and Yahya ibn Ma'in, they were sitting in a lecture or a khutbah and the khatib, he was giving a, a khutbah, and in that khutbah he mentioned, in those days when they used to narrate hadith, they used to narrate the chains of narration, full. They used to say, I heard from my sheikh, X, Y, and Z, who heard from his sheikh, X, Y, and Z, who heard from the companion, Abdullah ibn Umar, who heard from the Prophet, and then they would mention the hadith. That's how they used to do it in those days. They all had their chains of narration. So on this one occasion, Ahmed ibn Hanbal and Yahya ibn Ma'in were in this particular masjid and the khatib or the, the, the imam, he was giving some lecture or some khutbah and in that he said, and I heard a hadith from my sheikh who heard it from Ahmed ibn Hanbal, who heard it from Yahya ibn Ma'in, who heard it from X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z, from this companion from the Prophet And that hadith is, and then he narrates the hadith. That was a fabricated narration. Afterwards, Ahmed ibn Hanbal and Yahya ibn Ma'in, who were in the audience, they went to this imam. They said, this narration that you narrated in the khutbah, where you said this particular hadith, and you said you narrated it in the chain of narration from Ahmed ibn Hanbal, Yahya ibn Ma'in, etc. They said, well, I am Ahmed ibn Hanbal. This is Yahya ibn Ma'in. And we never ever narrated that hadith. I'm Ahmed ibn Hanbal, this is Yahya ibn Ma'in. We never ever narrated this hadith. What are you talking about? So now he knew he'd been caught fabricating. He knew he had been caught fabricating. So then he said to them, to try and get himself out of it, he said, yes, yes, Ahmed ibn Hanbal, Yahya ibn Ma'in, I narrated from them. But do you two think you're the only Ahmed ibn Hanbal and Yahya ibn Ma'in around? There was another Ahmad ibn Hanbal, there was another Yahya ibn Ma'ina narrated from them, not you two. 
So lying again on top of his first lie, fabricated first, and then lying to justify himself out of it. So there used to be all of this, but the point here is the Shaykh says there are many narrations you come across regarding the virtues of the Quran, and many of them are not authentic. You have to look carefully into these types of narrations that are narrations of encouragement. Many of them do have weaknesses and they may not be authentic. Then he says, <coughs> uh, Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala, mentioned in one of his books, Al-Manar al-Munif, Al-Sahih wa daif a book in hadith and authenticity of it. Wa أي الأحاديث الموضوعة ذكر فضائل السور وثواب من قرأ سورة كذا فإن أجره كذا من أول القرآن إلى آخره كما ذكر ذلك ثعلبي والواحدي في أول كل سورة وزمخشري في آخرها قال عبد الله بن المبارك أظن الزنادقة وضعوها Ibn Qayyim mentioned that there are many narrations in this particular topic that are weak and fabricated. Which topic? The topic of the virtues of the Qur'an. There are many narrations that are actually fabricated in that topic of narrations. The topic regarding the virtues of the Qur'an and whoever reads this surah will get that reward, etc. There are many narrations like that which are in that field, fabricated and weak. وَلِذَا صَحَّ فِي أَحَدِيثِ السُّوَرْ حَدِيثِ فَاتِحَةِ الْكِتَابِ وَأَنَّهُ لَمْ يَنْزِلْ فِي التَّوْرَاتِ وَلَا فِي الْإِنْجِيلِ وَلَا فِي الزَّبُورِ مِثْلُهَا وَحَدِيثِ So for example, the ones that are actually authentic are like the example of the narration that said uh, there is Al-Fatiha which has been revealed and nothing like it has been revealed in the Torah or the Zabur or the Injil that we came across before. That one is authentic. And uh, there are some narrations about Surah Al-Baqarah and Surah Ali Imran. They are authentic ones about the virtues of them and that they will intercede, etc. Also the narrations about Ayatul Kursi, uh, about the virtues of it, they are authentic. Uh, the some of them are authentic if not all and also the last two ayahs of surah al-baqarah there are narrations about their virtues that is correct also that surah al-baqarah if it is recited in the home then the shaitan does not enter that is also correct and uh, reading the first 10 ayat of surah al-kahf then that will give protection from the Dajjal. That, he says, is also correct. Qul huwa Allahu ahad is equivalent to a third of the Qur'an. is an authentic narration. وَلَمْ يَصِحْ فِي فَضَائِلِ سُورَةٍ مَا صَحَّ فِيهَا وَحَدِيثِ الْمُعَوَّذَتَيْنِ وَأَنَّهُمَا تَعَوَّذَ الْمُتَعَوِّذُونَ بِمِثْلِهَا also about the surahs at the end of the Qur'an that you recite for protection from the shaitan and that is قُلْ قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ and قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ the virtues of them and those being a means of 
seeking refuge in Allah from the shaitan, that is authentic too. Then there are other narrations. There is a narration that says, إِذَا زُلْزِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا is equivalent to half of the Qur'an. And قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ to a quarter of the Qur'an. And تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي بِيَدِهِ الْمُلْكِ will save you from the punishment of the grave. These types of narrations now start going down in the level of authenticity and there is much more discussion regarding them. So even reciting تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي بِيَدِهِ الْمُلْكِ as a means of protection from the punishment of the grave, it is disputed amongst the scholars. Some of them may not hold that to be authentic, others they do. They hold it to be authentic to recite that as a means of protection from the punishment of the grave. And there are other narrations like this, the Shaykh, he talks about how uh, you may find narrations that are not authentic in this particular topic. Then, وَسَطِيَّةُ أَهْلِ الْقُرْآنِ The balanced nature of the people of the Qur'an. There are some examples of it. You want to hear the examples looks like. There are some examples he mentions of some of the weak and fabricated narrations. وَيَلِ هَذِهِ الْأَحَدِيثِ وَهُوَ دُونَهَا فِي الصِّحَّةِ حَدِيثِ إِذَا زُلْزِلَتْ تَعْدِلُ نِسْفِ الْقُرْآنِ وَحَدِيثِ قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ تَعْدِلُ رُبْعِ الْقُرْآنِ وَحَدِيثِ تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي بِيَدِهِ الْمُلْكِ هِيَ الْمُنْجِيَ مِنْ عَذَابِ الْقَبْرِ ثُمَّ سَائِرُ الْأَحَدِيثِ بَعْدُ كَقَوْلِهِ مَنْ قَرَأَ سُورَةْ كَذَا أُعْطِيَ ثَوَاب وقد اعترف بوضعها واضعها قال قصدت أن أشغل الناس بالقرآن عن غيره وقال بعض جهلاء الوضاعين في هذا النوع نحن نكذب لرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا نكذب عليه ولم يعلم هذا الجاهل أنه من قال عليه ما لم يقل فقد كذب عليه واستحق الوعيد الشديد ابن القيم then goes on to say besides these examples that we've given all other narrations where you see whoever recites X, Y, and Z, whatever it might be, will get X, Y, and Z reward. Any types of hadith on that structure, whoever recites this surah will get that much reward. Whoever recites that surah will get this much reward. Any narrations you see upon that type of construct, he says all of the others besides what we've mentioned so far are fabricated. There are no other authentic narrations like that. Whoever recites this surah will get that much reward. Whoever recites this one will get this much reward. So he says, "Man All of these narrations that say whoever recites this much will get that much reward, that type of framework for a hadith. If you see that type of structure, they are all fabricated. And many of them, they acknowledged it. The story we mentioned before, he refers to it here now. Ibn al-Qayyim says, that person, he said, all I wanted to do was get people away from uh, other than the Qur'an to the Qur'an. I wanted people to get onto the Qur'an and recite it. And that's why I did it. And he says, some of the people who used to fabricate them, they used to say, look, we're not lying against the Prophet sallallahu we are lying for him. 
That's what they used to claim. We are not lying against the Prophet ﷺ. We are lying for him. But we know this is not correct. We know that is not possible either. No, these ones, he says, are going down a level. And then the, the authenticity of those, it needs to be looked into what the scholars will determine and the meanings of them. But he's saying as an order, the first bunch, there's three orders here. There are three levels here. The first level was the authentic ones. The authentic ones are the ones, for example, that talk about Surah Al-Fatiha and its virtues and that no other surah like it was ever revealed in the Zabur, the Torah, the Injil, authentic. That is an authentic narration. About Surah Al-Baqarah and Surah Ali Imran and their virtues and that they will intercede, etc. Those narrations about those two surahs are authentic. Then also about Ayatul Kursi, we've just been looking at them now, they are authentic. About uh, the last two ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah, narrations about their virtues, that is true, they have a virtue, that is correct. About Surah Al-Baqarah being recited and the shaitan does not enter your home, correct. About the first ten uh, ayat from Surah Al-Kaf as a protection from the Dajjal, also authentic. The ten ayat from Surah Al-Kaf, also authentic regarding protection from the Dajjal. The, ayat, the uh, evidences about Qul Allahu Ahad, equivalent to a third of the Quran, these virtues of Qul Allahu Ahad, correct. All of that up to there is correct. Those narrations are all authentic. وَلَمْ يَصِحْ فِي فَضَائِلِ سُورَةٍ مَا صَحَّ فِيهَا and there is nothing else that has been authenticated as much as is authenticated regarding Qul Allahu Ahad and these virtues. And also, Qul A'udhu Bi Rabbil Falaq, Qul A'udhu Bi Rabbil Nas, what has been mentioned regarding them is, is, is authentic about reciting them, protection from the shaitan, etc. All of that is authentic. Everything and the examples we've given so far they actually do have virtues and the narrations are authentic. Then he says, below that level, now you're getting into a level where it's more of a gray area, authentic, not authentic discussion. Into that, yali hadith These narrations now, you cannot put them into the first category we've been talking about. These are not clear-cut authentic. There's a lot of dispute and discussion regarding these ones. Are they authentic? What do they mean? Narrations like إِذَا زُلْزِلَةِ الْأَرْضِ is equivalent to half of the Qur'an. قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ is equivalent to a quarter of the Qur'an. تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي بِيَدِهِ الْمُلْكِ Saving you from the protection of, uh, the, uh, uh, saving you from the punishment of the grave. These narrations have discussions on them. Authentic, not authentic, there's a lot of debate regarding them. Some of the scholars consider them authentic and then there'll be explanations as to what they mean and how to understand them. Others, they say, no, it's not authentic in the first place. So these ones, that example there, those ones are the ones where there's discussion and, and discussion and dispute over. Then after that, third level now is the lowest level where they are fabricated. What's in that level? 
Ibn al-Qayyim mentioned any other narration that you see where it says whoever reads X, Y, and Z surah will have X, Y, and Z uh, reward. Any type of hadith where you see on that type of structure, whoever reads this will get that. Whoever reads that will get this. Those types of narrations about other surahs of the Quran, generally now Ibn Qayyim says all of those are fabricated. There, besides those examples given, there are no other particular surahs mentioned in that way. So he says the structure of those hadith indicates to you that they are fabricated. Whoever recites this will get that and whoever recites this will get that. <coughs> Surah Yaseen uh, then uh, that's uh, a common one Surah Yaseen about reciting it on the dead etc. Uh, and that one many of the scholars have mentioned its uh, invalid status as an evidence to do that reciting Surah Yaseen upon the deceased etc. At the moment of death, same, there's narrations. The narrations there, many of the scholars have highlighted, are not authentic on the virtue of reciting Surah Yasin upon the one dying. Surah Yasin is the heart of the Quran, they say. Well, I've never heard of that one. But. Uh, <laughs> Surah Yasin is the heart of the Quran. We'll have a look and see what the scholars have graded it as. Is it absolutely fabricated? Or is it to some other level? Inshallah Ta'ala, I'll take a look at that one. Surah Yasin. Hmm. Same thing. Other ayat, specific ayat, besides these examples, there's nothing mentioned in particular. That if you recite this ayah, you'll get a hundred rewards. You'll recite this ayah ten times. I mean, this is the thing you get from everybody. People, I heard once somebody rang in to one of these shows <coughs> to some big mufti, inverted commas, and they say there was a woman, some elderly woman, and she says, my daughter-in-law is not very pretty. So is there something she can recite? She, is there something she can recite? My daughter, daughter-in-law something. So the big mufti, he says to her, oh, uh -huh. absolutely, absolutely. Taban, bila shak. He says, what you have to do, what you have to do is recite Surat At-Teen. <laughs> Which ayah? Qad khalaqna al-insana fi ahsani taqweem. Read this, I forgot the numbers now, 10 times after the prayers, 10 times in the morning after Fajr, 50 times on Thursday. I forgot the numbers, all the maths. He gave all the maths. Recite this, this ayah. We created mankind in the best of forms. 10 times after Fajr, 10 times after Thursday, Friday, Jum'ah. Gave all the numbers. And inshallah you will see that you will become beautiful. So this you can know. Which category it goes to straight away. You don't need to research. It goes in the fabricated category. Fabricated. And there's lots like that. Make them up. They make them up. Is there anything I can do for some other situation? They think of any ayah that maybe has something to do with it. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Assalamu alaikum. There is an ayah in this chapter. Read it 50 times. Laylatul Jum'ah. And 50 times. Ba'd al-Fajr, Yom al-Sabt. And all these different days and everything, mashallah, I don't know where they got these narrations. 
do all of that and then inshallah you will see it will get better all of these they make them up all of these this is what's really being talked about you hear that everywhere this surah do it and you'll get this and read this one 50 times and you'll get this and read this ayah 30 times after fajr for two weeks and you'll get this and i saw something recently somebody sent it uh i forgot which ayah which surah go out stand in the rain when it's raining go and stand in the rain and read something i forgot what it is a thousand times every thursday or something and i think it was you will get rich mashallah something like that so all of these things you know fabricated none of these are in the sunnah go read this a hundred times and fifty times and thirty times and do this and do that that's what's being spoken about here all these other things you hear unless you can really prove some authenticity behind them whenever you hear these things read this and read that and do this and do that most of the time they are fabricated narrations no basis to them all the time when it comes to these nights of the year on this night if you read this dua 1000 times then you will get this and you will get that the night of uh, nisf uh, rajab or shaban or whichever month they say on this night if you read uh, ahad 1000 times then you will get this and you will get that and you will get this. Shabe Barat as they call it. <laughs> all of these places, all of these times. And they make up these figures. Made up. I saw them myself. Somebody comes with these cards. They give them out. You have to pray. I think once I saw you have to pray 2,000 raka'at. MashaAllah. 2,000 raka'at in the night. And you will see the great virtues and the blessings and what comes to you and everything. These figures that you see from people and all of these things, they are, that's what Ibn al-Qayyim is talking about in this third category. All of those things are made up. Unless they can show you some proper chain of narration, some book of hadith, you can go and check properly. Otherwise, you cannot accept these types of things. When people tell you do this and do that and read this and read that. Look at this example now. She says that my daughter is not good looking. What shall I do? Read Surah At-Teen. Where in the Sunnah? Do you have any hadith like this? Read it a hundred times after Fajr and a hundred times after uh, Maghrib and do this and do that and she'll become beautiful. These are all fabrications. So with anything like this about the Quran, what the Shaykh was saying here was about the Quran especially, virtues of the Quran, virtues of ayat. When you see those types of narrations, just stand back. You need to check the authenticity and double check what's going on with this narration. Is it really a narration? Or is it one of the vast amounts that were made up and fabricated in this topic? Some of them, like we said, they themselves used to say, yes, we admit we made up these narrations. Some of them used to do that. They used to say, but we're not doing anything wrong. We're encouraging people to read the Quran. So we're lying for the Prophet ﷺ, not against him, they used to say, from their ignorance. We're lying for him. Encouraging people to read the Quran. We're not lying against him. But in reality, Whomsoever lies upon me on purpose, then let him prepare his place in the hellfire. Let him take his place in the hellfire. So it is impermissible. And that is the point the Shaykh is making here. The first bunch we narrated, all of those types of virtues of those surahs, of those ayat are proven. Beyond that, these types of things, there's a bit of discussion and dispute and it requires looking into. Beyond that, Surah Tutin to get beautiful and all these things, they are all fabricated. 50 times after Fajr every day, a thousand times in the rain you get rich. 
all of these types of things now from the virtues that you hear are fabricated. So whenever you come across virtues of the Quran, they tell you tonight is a special night. Make sure you read surah such and such or ayah such and such a thousand times tonight. That type of thing you know, generally speaking, you can roughly guess it's going to be fabricated. So do not act upon those types of things until you verify and check. If it can be proven something is authentic, okay. Otherwise, you do not act upon those types of things. No, you're right, that's okay. Here, the Shaykh was quoting, quoting the statements. Here, all of this is from the statement of Ibn al-Qayyim. Ibn al-Qayyim, that is his quote. And that is the examples he gave. There may be some other examples like that. You're right, they're, they're authentic. But these, this is just the statement of Ibn al-Qayyim that he gives here. And these are the examples Ibn al-Qayyim gave up to there. Reading the rest of the book of Ibn al-Qayyim, there may well be mention of all of these other things too. This is just one paragraph that is quoted with examples of the authentic ones and the authentic uh, ayat and the authentic, uh, the authentic uh, virtues of certain ayat and certain ahadith. It doesn't necessitate that he's mentioned every single one there. There may be some additions like that. There are actually many narrations. They haven't been mentioned here. Surah Al-Baqarah has many narrations about its virtues. Al-Imran has many narrations about its virtues. Ibn Al-Qayyim just mentions it as one thing. Al-Baqarah, Al-Imran. Those narrations that you see about them, Generally, they are authentic about Baqarah and Ali Imran. He puts them together into one little sentence. Because it's not actually giving you the list of all of the narrations, just telling you which surahs, which ayat do have authentic virtues about them mentioned and proven. And then he goes on about about equaling a half and equaling a quarter, those there's dispute and issues over them. And then beyond that is where you start going into territories of fabrications and narrations that are not authentic. He then says at the end, Al-Manar al-Munif. وَمِمَّا يَنْبَغِي أَنْ يُعْلَمْ هُنَا أَنَّ فَضْلَ الْقِرَاءَ لِهَذِيَ السُّوَرَ وَغَيْرِهَا يَخْتَلِفْ بِاخْتِلَافْ حَالِ التَّالِ لِتِلْكَ السُّوَرَ One point he mentions, when reciting the Quran, reciting the surahs, the amount of reward you get will depend on the person reciting himself. Somebody reciting and focusing, trying to understand and really focus on what he's reading, will have more reward than somebody just casually reading through, no idea of what he's reading or any focus on what he's reading, just generally casually reading through, that person will have less reward. Even though they both read the same section of the Quran. But one read with focus, he'll have more reward. فَقَدْ يَكُونُ حَالَ بَعْضِ النَّاسِ فِي قِرَاءَةِ بَعْضِ السُّورِ وَمَا يُصَاحِبُهُمْ حَالَ الْقِرَاءَةِ مِنْ خُشُوعٍ وَتَدَبَّرٍ وَتَفَهُمْ لِكَلَامِ اللَّهِ وَعَزْمٍ صَادِقٍ عَلَى الْعَمَلِ بِهِ خَيْرًا وَأَفْضَلٍ مِنْ حَالِ غَيْرِهِمْ مِمَّنْ لَيْسُ كَذَلِكَ So some people they read the Quran and they are focused and they are intent on practicing and implementing what they read. Those people will get a greater reward from reading the Quran. Others who just casually sit back and read and they read two pages, five pages, ten pages not understood a single thing, will have less reward. So when you read in the Quran, there should be some focus on it. There should be some focus on what you're doing, what you're reading. Shaykh al-Islam said, وَكَانَ بَعْضُ الشُّيُوخِ يَرْقِي بِي قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٍ That they used to do ruqya with, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٍ وَكَانَ لَهَا بَرَكَ عَظِيمًا And there was a great blessing in that. فَيُرْقِي بِهَا غَيْرُهُ فَلَا يَحْصُلْ ذَلِكَ 
So when they used to do the ruqya on others in reciting that, it never used to have the same impact. The purpose of that was to highlight some of them they used to recite during the ruqya and a great impact used to occur. Others, not a great impact. That is to highlight the point we just said. It can be the same thing being recited, but it depends on who it's coming from. A person of iman, a person of tawheed, a person focusing, a person understanding, compared to a person of negligence. Even though it's the same thing being read, the impact will differ upon where it's coming from, who it's coming from. Even though the surah is the same, the impact is different because of what is in the heart of the reciter. The sincerity in them, the focus from them, the certainty in what they are reading and the certainty and trust in Allah and their submission and their uh, submitting to Allah. A person who has all of that properly in his heart, when he recites, there will be a greater impact with this in the ruqya, whatever he's doing. And that's why they used to say, Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned, when the magicians used to fly on their carpets. That is true, the magicians used to fly on their carpets with the jinn and everything. Ibn Taymiyyah said, when those magicians used to fly on their carpets, the jinn flying them, a person of tawheed and strength, if he recited Ayatul Kursi, that magician would fall down because the jinn would no longer be able to carry on flying him with the impact of Ayatul Kursi upon them. But Ibn Taymiyyah said it would work only when a person of strength and iman recited it. Somebody of negligence just comes and recites, doesn't even believe it's going to have an impact, he's not really like that, he could recite and nothing happens. But a person of iman, when he used to recite upon them, those shayateen couldn't burden Ayatul Kursi and they would fall down and the magician fall down. Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned that. So it does have an impact in how you read and your level of focus and contemplation on what you're reading. Even though you may read exactly the same as the person next to you, the reward could be completely different depending on how you're reading and how you're focusing. So when reading the Quran, focus on it and focus on the meanings. So we'll stop on that chapter for today now then, insha'Allah ta'ala, we'll carry on uh, with this from next week, Saturday, same time, regular back on again now, 6.45, insha'Allah ta'ala next week. Wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.